Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. We are back with episode nine of Cat Four Questions. I got a good one that's kind of vague, um, but I like it because it talks more about the process of improvement in your cycling career, let's call it. And somebody else had asked before he commented on the first origin of how we found bikes video. I never really put a follow-up to it where I had left off because every piece of content that I'm putting out, I'm trying to say like, I ask myself, how is this helping somebody and who does this help? And me just talking about myself, sharing the story, I didn't really see how that would be beneficial. But now somebody else in a forum tagged me when they're asking on Trainer Road, like who would they want to have on their podcast? And a couple people tagged me, which was a huge honor. And the guy said, he's probably got an interesting story. Started late at 26, I think I read in his blog. Came out, one Masters Nat, started a coaching business. And he seems like someone who really likes to ride because he genuinely loves it and loves to push himself in training on Strava. He also wants everyone to be a better cyclist and train better or else he wouldn't put out such involved and free blog posts and offer up free advice on a forum like this at Trainer Road. Um, so this sort of intertwines because this other guy just yesterday had said, hey man, I got a bunch of questions for you. Do So we'll say, number one, did you or do you have a watt per kg goal? At least when you first started to truly get serious into racing and riding. Obviously, the goal is always constant improvement, but do you have advice on an idea of what your ceiling is in the sport? Question number two. What's your big picture goal? Um, And do you ever feel like you could potentially miss an opportunity for age reasons or other? That's a good question. I haven't been riding and racing that long, but I feel like I progressed really fast. Um, I'll be 29 in January, and my only big picture goal is to to progress and to race the highest end of the sport that I can get to. But I also know the older you get, the opportunity to race at a higher level like a domestic pro team can dwindle as far as getting a foot in the door. So, is there really any realistic ceiling to aim for? Sorry for the wordiness and blowing up your inbox lately. Uh, this might be too vague of a question. No, I think it's a great question. So the way you really, I mean, he's 29, okay? So I actually, we had a really long chat back and forth. Um, and he is, went from cat five to cat two in a year, which is incredible. And so the thing that I said to him though, you know, if he wants to be a domestic pro, that needed to happen like tomorrow. Time's running out for him. The fact that, I mean, I race a lot. I don't want this to come across in an arrogant way. I race so I know a lot of people. The fact that I don't know who he is, if I don't know who he is, a team looking for guys for, and this guy's a state next to me, he's just not on the scene yet, right? Like you mostly know all the hitters. Cycling's not that big of a community. So I was like, dude, you just got to get out and you got to race more. And this is the worst time for it to happen, right? If you're trying to go pro and get your name out there during COVID, no one's racing. No one has their name out there right now. Um, And you need to go out and win. If you're not winning, nobody cares. No one remembers your third place except for you and your mom. And that's just the truth. No one, you need to have a list of your Palmares and things and to get to become a domestic pro if you're about to turn 30 and there's a kid who's 23 and you're the same, well, that's, guess what? You're not. He's got seven years on you. So the other thing too that you need to ask yourself, like what are you trying to get out of a domestic pro 
Um, when I was 27, I was trying to grow a medical device distributorship. And I remember being out in Boulder and a big coach out there had said to me, hey man, if you wanna make this happen, because I was kind of at the point where I had won a bunch of races, I was doing regional stuff as a cat one, and there was like this glimmer of hope, like, I don't know, can I be, am I good enough to be a pro? And he said to me, you know, you got it. What I'm telling you guys, if you want to become a domestic pro, you got to do as many pro races as you possibly can. And at that time, the calendar was pretty thin. I was living in the Northeast. Um, it would require a lot of getting in a car and traveling. And the guy told me, dude, you need to quit your job. You need to get in a car and you need to be at every crit and every race possible. To me, I was split. Like I was really enjoying like I love growing businesses and I was still like had this game plan, this business plan, like where I saw my medical device distributorship going and that didn't mesh well with me leaving that to go after cycling full, like full on. Um, I think it would have been fun, but the other thing is I, I don't like crits. So to quit something that I was motivated to do and grow to go after something that like there wasn't really a clear path that I just couldn't conceptualize losing that to move this forward. Um, I think in retrospect, the only regret that I have is one of my buddies on my team who did put himself out there more, embraced crits more. He eventually got to go race in France for two years for a Conti team. I guess it was more, it's Andrew McCullough. If you asked him, I think it was more like a uh, domestic pro team over there, but dude was paid, lived in a small town in France. I would have loved to have gone and done that with him. But at the same time, too, I was loving what I was doing with medical device stuff. And so I think you've got to, there's also gravel now. There's no categories there. Like, what do you got to ask yourself? What are you trying to get out of being a pro? I think the coolest thing about being a pro would be that you get to travel and see more of the country. And if if you do get that good enough and you're able to go over to Europe somehow and race, um, make that happen. But if your goal is just to ride a bike in Europe, buy a plane ticket and go ride a bike in Europe, right? Like there's grand finals and there's other ways to achieve that. So I think the level of competition here is really good that you can still be super competitive, but not be pro. And to the point of being on a D1 elite team, a D1 elite team is just a cat one team that paid some money to USA Cycling so they can get points at the crits that are D1. Um, I'm probably not the biggest promoter of that because I don't really care about crits. I think crits is like the American circus. Real racing is road racing. That's why I love gravel, long rides. That's just me. I'm not, I mean, people that love crits, cool. But that to me is, that's like the American thing. It's just not what ever got me into cycling. So I'm not, I'm not a huge promoter of it. Um, To his question, watts per kg goal. You always hear everyone say five watts per kilogram. You don't know. People talk about like 20 minutes. They talk about an hour. Five is a great goal. If you can do five watts per kg for either duration, 20 minutes or 60 minutes, you're a good cyclist. Um, But if you're really trying to be the best that you can be, that doesn't even make you a domestic pro necessarily. Like even if you look in WKO, let's see what, you know, they have the old chart. These numbers are probably outdated. 20 minutes, five and a half watts a kilo is a domestic pro at 20 minutes. And at an hour, domestic pro they have listed doing 5.3. So yeah, do five for anything. You're gonna be a good, good cat one. You're gonna beat up on people locally. Um, did I ever have that as a goal? Not really. I always had as a goal winning races. Um, it just 
even when I won, and even to define, I wanted to win the best race of the day that was there. Um, I remember winning like a Cat 3 race, but watching like the Cat 1s and 2s were getting ready for their race after my race. I'm like, dude, I want to be in their race. So like he's saying, it was the progression of it all. Um, trying to just race the best guys there and really challenge yourself. And um, there was a guy in my city, Todd Shesky. He was like the boss of of the local scene. And I was like, okay, that's the dude that I'm aiming for. Um, first, I had to get to cat four and then three and then two. You know, you had to climb your way up. But I was just watching this dude. And Todd and I, like, we definitely don't agree on everything. I have a ton of respect for the dude. He is still racing. Um, he's like 60. No, I'm kidding. He's probably like late forties or something. And he's still a respected racer. Like that's so motivating as someone myself who's 38. And I look at like old, old guys like Owen shot, shout out Owen now 40 plus he's coming out. We, we just did an interview. You'll see that in a week or so. Um, you know, this sport is something that you can continue to grow and find, like it can add to your life in so many amazing ways. So don't put a ceiling on it. Don't put a cap on where you're going. Like, I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Not to be like, yeah, man. But I got to race in New Zealand last year. I mean, what an experience that was. And like, even going out and doing things like Gravel Worlds in Iowa. I mean, just to go race in Iowa with athletes like Colin Strickland and, um, you know, Eric Marcotte and just like dudes who crush. Just to like be able to toe the line there and be like, all right, I'm going to try and mix it up with these guys today. Like that is just incredible. And from where I'm coming from, like origin story from what I said in the first video, like 10 years ago, I was just finding myself hanging out with the wrong people. So to kind of flip that, um, I always laugh when a dude was like, I've just always seen you as this cat one cyclist. I wish that had been my path because I love cycling so much. But you know, sometimes you get off it a little bit and you find your way back and maybe in finding the way back it made me more motivated for it now um so my only big picture goals are progress race the highest end of the sport that i can get to that's why i always tell people upgrade as fast as you can if you know you've got people that sandbag for like six months they want to go win a race as a cat three it's like who cares dude who cares like aren't you in this for your own personal improvement you should want Getting the cat three win at a race, ah, you're just setting the bar too low on yourself. Go race cat two, get your face beat in, get one more race of experience so that when the next big cat two race comes along, you can do better at that race and then get to the cat one race and try to win the biggest race of the day. That's going to set you catapulting forward in your own personal growth way faster than holding back to beat up on people that you're about to leave anyways. Like, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. Keep keep going grinding so yeah it was sort of a vague question um hopefully that's a less vague answer but i think it's don't put a ceiling on yourself don't have continually progress and try to challenge yourself as much as possible and the doors that are going to open to you through cycling are going to through just racing and meeting people are going to be so much more than i ever expected i mean i remember getting dropped from my first cat four training race and being like driving home, be like, maybe I'm just not fast enough to race with these guys. And if you had told me the number of people I've met, the number of places I've gone, the number of experiences I've had, like what cycling has delivered to me all through just trying to get better each day, it's pretty crazy. Um, 
I was, you know, at that time doing medical device stuff, I thought I was super happy doing that, but I was in like a traditional job, go do stuff after work, go to sleep, wake up. It was the same thing over and over again. And like this just like, dude, life got way more amazing. Um, I said I was gonna do origin story. I don't know if I will. This seems like a long enough cat four questions. We hit enough of it. Um, you know what, I'll, I'll t- let's do this. Last question number four will be, what was my cat five experience like? So I think cat five was really interesting. And the, the bottom line of cat five is remember, cat five is not tactics, it's just uh, fitness. Or we'll call it cat four and five because now they're the same. It's who is the most fit. Um, you know, you got cat four teams that are making all these game plans and they think they have a lead out train and they just get beat by somebody who's stronger. It's hard, like it's really hard. There's such a varying degree of fitness. Um, For me, cat four was really just trying to understand how racing worked. Um, I always thought it was really interesting. There's guys like in the race yelling. There's like a lot of like weird stuff that happens in cat four or five by guys that have been a cat four or five for like four or five years. Those are the people you don't want to listen to because they're still a cat four. So just look for, watch the race afterwards. See how the faster guys are racing. See, look at their Strava. What are they doing for training? Ask them questions. Um, I would say my experience in four or five was quick because I had great mentors, because I had a guy, Mike Minerva, because I had, you know, even when I got my first A training race, Brian Cardona got up the road and his teammate, Mark, was like, you need to be in that break. And I said, go now. He said, go now. And I bridged across and I won a five-man sprint for my first A race. It was a Tuesday night and I felt like I won the world championship. Like, it was the best feeling. So back to this guy's question, like, hey, I think he puts out a lot of, like, involved free content because the GVCC community really was all about, like, trying to raise up everybody. It's, I miss that community. It's the best cycling community I've ever seen. Um, And so if I can put out a video that inspires one person to like get into training, to race and try and win their Tuesday night uh, world championship or training, this was a whole training series in Rochester and grow from that, then that's awesome. Then I've taken the 30 minutes it takes to film this, upload it, put some comments in, and uh, that's my giving back. So that's the whole point of this. And that's really how Evoke Bike started. You know, we said we were having a conversation on the phone. I said, Patrick, we should record this and post it. And then it just kind of like circled from there. So we're gonna stop Cat 4 questions. Let me know, this was a little vague one. Maybe I'll do what was Cat 3 like, what was Cat 2 like, and what was Cat 1 like? And then what is my life as a cyclist definitely changed in 2019 when I went full-time into coaching and running this business and have some other opportunities opening and totally shut the door on medical device. So I'll throw those in there down the road. Uh, If you haven't checked out the playlist of the interview series, Brandon Malott, Raleigh Weaver, those first two videos, I got to get Whitney back and do a video with him. Those were killer. Really enjoyed those. Owen Schott's coming next. Johnny Purvis. We got some others in the, uh, down the pipeline. Super stoked. Let me know what questions you have. Brendan at Evoke Bike, and we'll talk to you soon. And yeah, I'm definitely going to make a Lactigo video, and then I'll shut up about it. Maybe. PR smashing. 
All right, y'all see ya.